Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Welcome to the promise of rest for the weary. Three little verses that actually came out of the mouth of Jesus Christ himself. Let me read the whole thing to you. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a beautiful promise, amen? I think probably every single one of us here knows of a weariness and a tiredness in our lives that a good night's sleep doesn't fix. It's more than that. Jesus is speaking these words himself, and I think before we're going to truly wrap our arms around this and apply this to our lives, previous to this, he just begins to talk a little bit about this idea of repentance, turning away from what's wrong. In fact, I think if we're going to grasp this promise right here today, we've really got to get a hold of this idea of repentance. Can I say to you this morning, it is not enough for you to know Jesus Christ as your helper. Some of you might be surprised by that because I'm guessing many of you will have stories where you would say, but I know Jesus as my helper. I can tell you specific stories in my life where I know that God helped me. He helped me with my finances or with my family or there was this thing at work and I just truly experienced Jesus' help in my life. Praise God. I think that's wonderful. Praise God for all the things that God does to help us. But Matthew records that it is not sufficient to merely or simply know Jesus Christ as your helper. Jesus would go to all of these towns and he would provide incredible help to just everybody. We would see recorded again and again individuals who had demonic um, oppression in their lives and possession in their lives. Jesus would come and he would help them. He would set them free. Over and over in scripture, we just see healing, 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 healing taking place. He was just helping people. It was just exploding into their lives. God was healing and helping. Nor is it sufficient for you to know Jesus Christ as your teacher. Again, Jesus would go to these towns and everybody wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. So massive crowds of people would come. Amazing teacher, they would gather to hear him teach. But it's not enough to just know Jesus Christ as your teacher. It's not sufficient for your life. And even as amazed they were at their teaching and as excited as they were to hear, these are the words that are recorded, they were amazed because no one had ever taught the way that he taught. They were amazed at the authority with which he spoke. Matthew records the words of Jesus as he has gone into these towns to be their helper and their teacher. And this is what he says. People were amazed by his teaching. This is what Jesus says. In these towns, he says, it would be better, and now he references two towns from the Old Testament that were so comprehensively, completely wicked that God actually destroyed them. And Jesus references them. He says, those towns that I just visited where I was helper and teacher, he said, it would be better for those towns where they like Sodom and Gomorrah. Whew. That's pretty hardcore, Jesus. Why would you say that? Because they failed to see who he was. Jesus begins to unpack who he is. 
And he makes several significant statements. One of them is, he says this, I know everything that God knows. And then he goes even further. He says, not only do I know everything that God knows, but I know God completely. Now that is a staggering statement. Have you ever met anybody that's a little bit of a know-it-all? And within five minutes, you're like, why am I in this conversation? Oh my goodness, this is terrible. They keep going on and on about what they know. This statement that Jesus makes, I know everything about God completely. I know everything that God knows. If it's true, it would have been utterly crazy for people to hear this. No human being could ever make such a statement. What is Jesus saying in this moment? For those towns that knew Jesus Christ as a helper, for those towns that knew Jesus Christ as a teacher, incredible blessing, right? They did not know him as God. Now here's why that's significant. Because you and I, if Jesus is just your helper, when it seems to you that Jesus has stopped helping you, you'll walk away from him. If Jesus is just your teacher, then once he begins to teach you something that you don't like, you'll walk away and you'll find another teacher. Do you know how easy it is today to find a teacher to tell you the thing that you want them to tell you? It's really easy to find that today. You'll walk away and you'll find another teacher that said something that you already agree with in your mind or that gets your mind excited in some way. You'll find another self-help book. You'll find some other guru. The second that Jesus begins to speak something into your life that you're not comfortable with, you're going to walk away. That's all that Jesus is for you. I met a couple in this church a few years ago. Wonderful couple. And they love the church. So we just love the people in this church. Well done. They said they love the worship, they love the preaching. I even think they liked me. <laughs> they began to have a conversation with me about something very specific, and they brought something to my attention. They wanted me to engage with them in life around something very specific. What became very, very apparent to me is as a result of that, I could just see glaring disobedience in their lives towards God. They were just turning their back very deliberately in a very specific way. So I don't have this conversation every day with people, but I, was, I sat down and I said, we're going to have a conversation. And I promise you, as lovingly and as kindly as I could, I showed them that they were being rebellious towards God and I called them to repentance. They didn't like this church. They didn't like you. They didn't like the worship. They didn't like the preaching. And I really don't think they liked me anymore. This applies to every single one of us. When we hear anything from Jesus that we don't like, we just jump ship. I'm not going to give Jesus any authority to speak into my life. I'm not going to give Jesus any authority to speak into my finances. I'm not going to give Jesus any authority to speak into my identity or my sexuality or how I live or how I speak or how I treat people or what I believe to be right and what I believe to be wrong. I'm not going to allow Jesus Christ to have any authority to speak to me like that. And if he does, I'm out of here. If Jesus is my helper, I'm excited to go to church. If Jesus teaches me what I want him to teach me, I will give an amen and I will shout it from the back of the room. Happy to do that. But until the moment comes where he doesn't help me the way that I think he ought to help me, he doesn't teach me what I want to hear in my ears, then I'm done. 
So it brings us back to this word repentance. Here's what it means to be true. Here's what it means to actually have a life that is grounded on something that is larger than your opinion, your preference, what is moving and changing in culture, what is being spoken to you. True repentance is when you come to a point in your life where you actually acknowledge, and this is the voice of the Father, whether I bless you or whether I do not bless you, whether I speak into your life or whether I don't speak into your life, this is what I want you to acknowledge, that when you are in my presence, you are in the presence of God. And that's what these towns didn't get. You can be my helper. I'll put the money in the machine. I'll press the buttons. and You better drop what I want. I'll rub the genie. I'll rub the lamp. And I better get. And if you don't, it's possible to have a church full of people that have never repented. They've never actually made Jesus Christ the foundation of their lives. They've never come to the point where they've actually said, in the depths of their being, I recognize you as God. You're not a machine. I put a quarter in and I get what I want. And that as you recognize him as God, then come what may, you don't walk away, whether he blesses you or whether he doesn't. Job says, and Job's language is very extreme. Job's life was very extreme. He actually says, God, even if you were to slay me, I'm going to keep worshiping you. The disciples look at Jesus and they say, look, we've got nowhere else to go. Who else has the words of life, the eternal words of life? There's no other avenue for us. There's no other destination for us. It's a tipping point in your life where you are awakened to the truth, which lays a foundation in our lives that changes everything. And then we are no longer a people that are tossed back and forth by every news cycle and every shifting culture, every Hollywood movie, every opinion that comes from every voice that we hear in our lives. Whether we get it or we don't get it, whether we're offended or we're not offended, we find that as a church, our lives are grounded in the person of Jesus Christ. So without apology, in this place, we simply preach Jesus Christ, not just as your helper. And thank God for his help. I'm so grateful for God's help in my life. We don't just preach Jesus as a teacher. And I'm so grateful for every teaching that he has poured into all of our lives and into our hearts that blossoms into truth and transforms us. But at the core of my relationship, there is this acknowledgement of him. The Holy Spirit has made him known to me that Jesus Christ is actually God and that changes everything. I'll take an amen on that. That changes how I understand everything. It changes how I understand his yes how I understand his no, especially when I don't like his no. It changes when he doesn't meet my expectations or what I think he ought to do for me. And from that place, we bump into this promise. And God says to you today, I want you to read these words like, words like a child, wide-eyed, filled with wonder, just listening, receptive. Yes, what is it that you would say to me? understanding that he is God. Trusting him, walking with him, being obedient to him. Every aspect of your life, every dimension, every room in your house, every cupboard laid bare. Because God, if you are God, if that's actually true, then I don't know how else I can say, but just that then everything is yours, God. All of it. My decisions, my future, my sexuality, my bank account, my job, my career, my family, my ambitions, my dreams, God, all of this, everything that I have that belongs to me, I just say to you, God, it belongs to Jesus Christ, your God, it changes everything. 
And in that place, Jesus makes another staggering revelation. Knowing full well, he's speaking to his disciples, that they would experience in their future tremendous difficulty, unbelievable difficulty, and challenges and pain to the point that 90% of them endured martyrdom. He says, I want to speak some words of hope and comfort. And that's what he wants to speak to you today. So listen to these words like a child. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is a word for everybody. This is a word for you. If you're struggling today, this is a word for you. If you think you should know more than you know, this is a word for you. If you feel like your emotions are all over the place, this is a word for you. Knowing exactly where you're at, knowing exactly what you feel on this day, this is God's words for you. Would you listen to it again? Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has given us a little picture. It's a farming picture. Now, I don't know much about farming at all. I didn't grow up doing any farming, and maybe you don't either. But I bet you there's a few farmers in this room or listening online. And maybe you do know a little bit about farming, but you actually probably don't know about this picture because this is a picture from the ancient Middle East. They would typically have two animals. That's what it was. Side by side, two animals. And they had what was called a yoke. And it would go over the two animals. It was a large wooden beam that would fasten and rest over the back of the necks of these two animals. And the two animals would obviously pull and the work would get done. Jesus is looking at his followers. Jesus is looking at community church. He's looking at you. And this is what he says. If you have been carrying a burden of work on your back and today you find yourself heavily burdened and tired and weary, he looks at them and he gives you this invitation. He says, I want you to come to me if that's what describes you today. The first truth I probably don't have to convince anybody of is quite clear. That is to say life can be hard and life can be heavy. Amen? Recent months surely have proven that. Individuals that seem so steady to me have become shaken. I don't know that I've ever met so many people in this period of time that have just said to me, I'm just wiped out. I just feel, I just feel exhausted, like mentally tired, emotionally tired. I'm tired of this. I would like for all of this um, stuff to go away. I'm physically tired. Weighed down, run down, feeling tired. Don't really know how to cope with this. I guess I'm just going to keep slogging on, but I really needed to stop. Others are in a far worse condition where they're like, I actually don't know how to face today or tomorrow. I don't know that I'm coping. There are people in this church, and over the last period of time, they have, and they're still bearing the burden of grief because they have lost loved ones. And that is a heavy weight, and many of us understand that. There are individuals listening to me today, and your jobs have become very shaken, or you simply have lost your jobs. 
And now what happens very quickly is you just become riddled with anxiety because you don't know how to pay the bills because you've got a mortgage and you want to put food on the table. People are concerned about their children, your children, whether your children are young or middle-aged or teenagers or whether your children are all grown up, concerned about them. And they feel and they carry the weight of that in the middle of things opening up and shutting down and locking down and stress and exams and burdens and bills. Teenagers today, if you're listening to me today, I want to speak to you. Like, this has been a tremendously challenging time. Very, very difficult to know how to manage and how to navigate life and how to move forward. Never mind the absolute normal, usual, just peer pressure and other people around you and the stresses of that and where do I fit in and where do I belong and where am I accepted and what's my identity and where am I going in life? That's hard. And those of us who are older, you remember those days. What do we do when these things tend to come our way? Well, for some of us, we fight. Okay, bring it on. I'm going to go down swinging. I'm going to get up tomorrow, and I'm going to punch this thing, and I'm going to keep going. I'm going to slog hard, and I'm just going to go and go and fight, and I'm going to get through it. It's one way to go through life. The classic alternative is flight. And that's where people are genuinely saying, uh, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm not staying here anymore. I'm going to run away so that I can somehow find some other reality. It doesn't really work out any time. I've tried. I've put, I'm ready to quit. I'm ready to quit on my marriage. I've been there, put in the work, had the conversations, done the communication. It still doesn't work. I'm ready to quit on my marriage. I'm ready to quit on my children. I'm ready to quit on my job. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to quit on God. I'm ready to quit on the Bible. I'm ready to quit on his presence. I don't want to do this anymore. I just want to run. How many of you know that actually doesn't solve anything? And then there's fear. You're not fighting and you're not running away. You're just paralyzed. And that's the one that nobody wants to own up to. We'd rather be macho and tough and say, I'm fine, I've got it all together. You'd rather say, I think I know somebody else, but not me. You're just paralyzed with fear. You don't know how to put one foot in front of the next. You feel crippled in all of that. And it's crushing the weight and the burden of it. You feel anxious. You feel anxious about loved ones. You feel trapped and paralyzed. You don't know what to do or where to turn. And in the midst of all of that, here's the word of God. And what's fascinating to me about the scripture is what Jesus doesn't say. He doesn't say, well, I've got this magic wand. I've got these tricks. I've got this key for you. And if you just put the key in and turn, everything's going to be perfect. We don't see any of that language in the scripture. He doesn't say that. It's not the picture. It's not the imagery. And if that's what you're waiting for, perhaps he will step in. God can do incredible things that God can do the miraculous. But that is not the heart of the scripture. In the midst of difficulty, when we're tempted to be afraid and fearful and overwhelmed, we're tempted to just run away and quit. We're tempted to just kind of hang on by our fingernails and try to keep fighting. Jesus actually steps in and he doesn't tell you to read a book and he doesn't give you five steps to perfection. Here's what he says. Here's the picture of where you're at. You have this yoke upon you, the back of your neck, and it is weighing you down. Jesus says, I'm going to come and I'm going to take that yoke off of you. That's what I'm going to do. And then here's the most surprising thing in the scripture. It's not what I expected at all. Jesus then says, and I'm going to put a different yoke on you. I'm like, what? 
That's not what I want. I just want you to take it off me. And then I won't have any weight on me at all. That's not what the scripture says. He says, I'm going to put another yoke on you because you've been trying to pull this thing. And as you've been trying to pull this thing, here's what you've done. Two creatures. You have aligned yourself with something else other than me. You have aligned yourself with something to try to get yourself out of trouble. Some of you have aligned yourself with your husband thinking that will get me out of trouble. Some of you are aligning yourself with children in the hopes. Some of you have aligned yourself with your own smarts and your own resources or your own work or your own ethic or your own job or your own money trying to figure out if that's going to get you this weight off of you. But the truth is, whatever it is that you've aligned yourself with, it has left you weary. It has left you tired and burdened. It has left you broken. And for some of you, it has left you despairing. And God says, and now I come to you just as you are, exactly where you're at with all of that heaviness and anxiety and paralysis. He says, I take that yoke off you and I actually put a different yoke on you. Jesus says, this is my yoke. This is what I carry. This is my burden. This is what is around me. And I want to put that on you. And the invitation is to just walk with Jesus. That's what he's saying. I will actually be the other creature that works alongside you. Whatever you're pulling, I'll pull that with you. Whatever you're carrying, I'll carry that with you. And I'm going to put my shoulder into that. I'm leaning into that. I'm physically committing myself to pulling what has been holding you back. I'm entering into that and you are now no longer alone. You are now no longer in need of relying on something other than me. Jesus is saying, put my yoke upon you and watch me come alongside you and navigate with you through the difficulty of finances and lockdown and health and fear and anxiety and worry. And Jesus says, I'm coming beside you. I'm gonna pull that with you. It's the weight of that, the challenge of that, the responsibility of it. And Jesus says, that's all on me. Align yourself with me. For those of us who have been struggling, by ourselves, you have aligned yourself with something that simply doesn't produce life. You've actually aligned yourself with something that produces death and sadness or goes too fast for you or goes too slow for you. Jesus says, watch me come beside you. We'll walk together and then I'm going to teach you who I am. Do you know who I am? I'm not just your helper. I'm not just your teacher. I'm God. I want you to acknowledge I'm God. I'm humble and I'm gentle. Watch me walk beside you at a pace that you can navigate. Watch me walk beside you in a way that will enable you to actually put one foot in front of the other. Watch me come alongside you in the midst of pain and struggle and real things, but now with a capacity of love and kindness as I teach you to walk through the difficulties of life in a way that you are no longer crushed, but you actually find rest for your soul. And we're no longer crushed by expectations. Wondering, like, am I even going to survive this? How am I going to work this out? Align yourself with me. The God of the universe says, I'm committed to walking with you personally, intimately, through the most difficult things in your life. If you're watching today, and you're in a hospital room, If you're listening to me today and you have cancer, 
If you're here today and you cannot pay the bills, if you're facing struggles in relationships, I want to tell you today, he is with you in those relationships to teach you, to guide you step by step, not running ahead of you, not pulling you back. And as he walks with you through the most difficult things in life, he transforms the condition of your heart because ultimately he's carrying the full weight of it. I remember when my kids were smaller and uh, we'd have to get something big or heavy into the house. I'd be like, boys, come on over. They're big now. I don't even lift it. I just supervise. I let them <laughs> have at it, lads. I'd pick the heavy thing up when they were tiny and I'd say, guys, you grab that end and they'd be grunting and groaning. I'd be like, I've got like 98% of this. I'm carrying all of this right here. That's pretty much the picture. How do I begin to trust him? How many of you know that it's not easy to trust God in a hospital room? That doesn't come naturally to me. How many of you know it's not easy to trust God in cancer? That's hard. It's not easy when creditors are banging on the door and you're freaking out. It's not easy when you're a teenager. How do I know? How can we know that Jesus can carry these burdens that make us feel so heavy? How do I know that Jesus understands what it means to carry a burden? It's a great question. It's the heart of the gospel. Jesus steps into our difficulties. The message of Christianity is that God looks at us and recognizes the incredible weight and burden of sin. That it's greater than anything you could bear. He looks at you and he recognizes your mistakes and your failures and your past. He sees that the punishment is way more than you could possibly bear. It's way too heavy for you. The rightful punishment is way greater than you could possibly endure. It would crush you. It would bruise you. It would wound you to the point of complete exhaustion and death. He sees all that we were meant to be. He sees what we should have been. He sees our own disappointment with ourselves. The things that we wish we had said or done or become in our lives. He sees the weight of condemnation, of failure that rests on every one of our lives. He sees that it's way too much. That it is simply beyond our capacity. The message of the gospel is that Jesus comes and he takes on his back. He physically takes on his back this wooden cross. Can you see the picture of the yoke that he places upon himself? Do you see this wooden beam that is resting on the back of his neck, that is resting on his arms? Do you see Jesus Christ falling and tripping? That should have been you falling and tripping. He stumbles and he falls and he carries our brokenness and he carries our sorrows and he carries our sin and he carries the weight of our punishment. This is Jesus Christ. God emptying himself, taking the weight off of you and placing it on himself so that you can complete the journey. This is how Jesus is. Jesus is God. Jesus is not somebody who puts crushing burdens on our lives. Can I just tell you right now, if you're sitting here today and you're like, my life, you have described it to a T, crushing burdens. Can I tell you this right now? That is not Jesus. If you feel the weight of all of that, that is not Jesus in your life. That is not an indication or a picture of him. He doesn't do that. He's a burden carrier. 
He's a weight lifter, a burden breaker. He's the one that sets us free. He lifts what we cannot lift. He bears what we cannot carry. And here's your part. It's a wonderful promise, but you have a small part in it. Come to me. I want you to come to me. This is an invitation for you to come to me. Allow me to walk beside you. And I will walk with you even unto death. He's the one that sets us free. He's the one that lifts what we cannot lift. Faithful God, faithful God, thank you for your faithfulness. When we cannot carry, when we cannot lift it anymore. Thank you for carrying what we cannot. Faithful to carry me. Faithful to carry us. And so in this moment, I want to invite you to actually connect with Jesus. To connect with God right now. Begin to say to him, in your heart, God, I want to come close to you. Would you say that to him right now? God, I want to align myself with you. I actually don't have anywhere else to go. <laughs> I've tried. I've tried other avenues, and they're dead ends, every one of them. I'm asking you to take this weight off. I'm trusting you with my anxiety and my fear and my worry and my desire to just fight and punch at the wind or to run away or to be paralyzed. It's crushing me today. Allow him, even in this holy moment right now, to take that weight off of you that you would learn from him today. Learn that he will walk beside you every step. Would you learn calmness from your father? Learn what it is to relate to the father. Learn to take his hand. Learn that he will help you carry these burdens. How to navigate this life. In this holy moment, Holy Spirit, we actually come close to you right now. Those things that have been crushing us. God, we believe that you're lifting them off us right now. That you're putting your mighty shoulder into them. Speaking to you today. I want you to hear him. I got it. I got your mom. I've got your dad. I've got your sister. I've got your brother. I've got your children. I've got your grandchildren. I've got your boss. I've got your finances. I've got your work. All of these things that are crushing you. I've got your self-worth. I'm holding you. I'm keeping you. Learn from me. I will sustain you. Walk with me. Would you remain seated for just a moment as we worship?